Right. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, the, the word that stands out to me is power. Right. So when God first created everything, I think we talked about this. God spoke everything else. No, this was in a message that I preached previously. But he spoke everything into existence. The only thing he put his hands on, according to the scriptures, was when he designed man. So he spoke, said, let there be light. He spoke, let the trees, you know, come forth, the herbs and, you know, fruits bearing seeds, so on and so forth. He spoke all these things. But when it came to designing us, he put his own hand on it. Now, that's a whole nother lesson, so I don't want to indulge in that. But the point is, when God spoke, it happened. There was no debate about, well, okay, you said let there be some vegetation. Well, I want to be pink. Whatever color, whatever design God wanted, when he spoke, it happened. Now, the Bible says that we were created in the image of God, right? So look at the ability that God has given us. Death and life lies within the power of your tongue. One of the reasons why a lot of people are not getting healed by God, it has nothing to do with God's power or ability to heal. But if I say, well, I don't believe this. If I speak what I don't believe enough. The scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart. Your tongue is an instrument of what already lies within you. Right? So an unbeliever naturally is going to speak unbelief. Y'all see how powerful that is? You know, we, we associate it with just... Well, if you ain't in church, you're an unbeliever. Well, what about the ones that's in church? Right? So, it's very important we recognize the ability that God has given us with the tongue. But notice it doesn't, be, it doesn't start with the tongue. It starts with what we receive. For those of y'all that's concerned, hopefully y'all can hear me. For those that's concerned about the crying and all that, you know, that actually doesn't really get on the tape. It's kind of faint, so it's pretty cool. But it doesn't start with what you speak. It starts with what you receive. So this is why we laid the groundwork about your eyes and your ears and your nose. Because you're receiving information the whole time, Right? But when you receive this information and you dwell on it, you harbor on it, you know, it enters into your mind, your thoughts. And then next thing you know, it enters into your heart. 
Well, naturally, you're going to project what lies within you. So when you say it, it's not a mistake. It means that there's something that already exists on the inside. Now, here's what's interesting. Many times, you know, which kind of is just a light thing. Something comes out. Oops. Slip of the tongue. But if the heart harbors things. See, you see why it's so important to keep the armor of God on. So what you're telling me is my heart, I can't trust my heart. I can't trust my tongue. I can't trust my eyes. Everything that he's given me in order for me to be successful, I've got to have something that's going to help me focus on the right things. What did Jesus say? He says, if I be single. Right. So, in other words, if I'm focused on the right things, I'm focused on the light. I'm focused on Christ looking unto Jesus, who is the author. We talked about that, right? Y'all remember that? If I'm focused, that's what I'm going to be filled with. So here's the deal. If I speak unfaithful things, probably because I lack faith. But that's what we're supposed to walk by, right? But we walk by faith and not by not by sight, right? Not by how things appear, but how things truly are in God. Because the author and finisher of our faith is who? So it's all in him. Y'all know that song. It's all in him. So everything we have need of, the essence, we already talked about all that, right? The, the you know, the evidence of things not seen, it's all in him. And when we look at him, we see those things as though they already are, even though they haven't manifested yet. Well, if we see that, then naturally we'll speak it. But it's when we're not focused on ourselves. What about what we hear? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I should be able to speak the word of God, right? I should be able to speak things of faithfulness, right? I mean, we come every Sunday, right? So I should walk away from here with something. I should have some kind of faith. But if I'm walking in dis- and living in disbelief, maybe it's a reflection on what I'm listening to. Y'all see all that? I'm supposed to speak truth. Brother Wayne, on my job, I'm still supposed to speak truth. But that just might be the day I left my belt home. Supposed to be righteous. But the breastplate got too heavy for me to carry because the desires of my heart took over. 
supposed to tell the gospel. Supposed to be ready to tell that, right? Maybe I wore the wrong shoes. Maybe my boots are not laced up like they're supposed to be. You know what that represents, right? A loose understanding of the gospel. So it's, pretty, it's, it's important to keep all that stuff on you at all times. And if you're doing that, you're living in it, naturally you're going to speak it. Where a man's treasure is, if my treasure's in the things of God, that's what I'm going to want to speak. I'm sitting at, I told Pastor yesterday, it's just so, it's amazing, it's awesome to me. You know, I'm at work yesterday and I really didn't want to be at work on the weekend. Now, I got it for those that have civilian jobs. I'm sorry, but, you know, military spoils you because they give you some weekends off. (laughs) So you look forward to that. But when you have to work, you're like, all right, let there be a purpose. Why are we here? Gentleman that was there that I work with. Ask me a simple question. Next thing you know, it turned into an hour and a half conversation about all kinds of things throughout the scripture, relating, taking analogies. Take, I just every time I talk to people like that, I just I like, man, this must have been how Jesus felt talking to the multitude. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto this. And he I mean, you just got chapters of him just talking about talking in parables. I told my wife, I said, you know what's interesting to me? Jesus, when he first began his ministry, notice what he did. He walked out and he was calling folks. Come on, follow me. Come on, follow me. But after a while, look what happened. After Jesus continued doing what he was supposed to do, what happened? The multitude started following him. I mean, they go in great lengths. It wasn't like just jumping your Honda and, you know, you take a stroll down the, down the street. You go to the next city. They had to do some walking. Which is why I can understand how they got to one place. was like, man, we hungry. We chasing all over the place trying to find Jesus. We about to perish. And Jesus provides for them, right? I mean, he's healing, he's raising people from the dead. It's just all kinds of, and no respecter of persons. (laughs) When Jesus was led up in the wilderness, the Bible lets us know he was tempted of the devil. He didn't fast at 40 days and 40 nights. Wow. You can't get some of us to fast for one day. It's the truth. It's a beautiful thing about fasting. It really is. Many of most of us in here, we you know, we do what we do. Fasting and praying. Jesus says this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. 
All right. I got to move on because I got a few things I got. I'm trying to cover here. I'm trying to wrap this up today because next week we're going to start talking about conquering fear. And I have an assignment for y'all. Okay, so let me continue this. All right. So with the mouth, the mouth is, is a powerful thing. What we speak. I think I mentioned this weeks ago, but when you speak something, you have to envision there is a pen writing this down. Your story is being written every day. Kind of like a scribe. You know, the scribes, every time the king said something, he decreed something. Oh, it was recorded. Let the king try to go back on his word later on. Y'all see what happened with, uh, I think it was Mordecai, right? The king says, hey, you know, um, he goes and he asks the scribe one night. He's like, hey, it was a gentleman that saved my life. My life was in danger and he saved my life. Whatever happened, or actually he asked him to read he just asked them to read the history. And they got to that part and he said, whatever happened to him anyway? Did, anything, did, we, did we ever recognize him for that? Just imagine if that would have never been written. But they recorded it throughout time. But your story is being written every day. So what does that mean? That means that Not only what you think, but what you speak, you're speaking your story into existence. There's a lot of, (laughs) there's a lot of subliminal messages that they put in these songs that they're putting out now. Even some of these Christian songs. You, some of you might have heard some of the things that was put out. They have this artist named Jay-Z. One of the things they, you know, in the song, if you've ever watched, there's a series called EX Ministries, or excuse me, a ministry called EX Ministries, and uh, Craig Lewis, I believe it is, G. Craig Lewis, who brings out a lot of stuff about the music industry and how it impacts our society, the church. One of the things in there, you know, talk about, he called him his name, he called himself Jay-Z. And in his, one of his songs, he said, I'm the MC, I'm, it's Jehovah. Okay. So, J-A-Y, he's supposed to be from Hova, somewhere in Virginia, I think it is. But he just had them repeating Jehovah. So everybody's in the concert, just, you know, Jehovah, get your hands up. Who's the one on the stage? Who's getting the glory? When they're repeating this, right? We know who Jehovah is, right? See, the enemy thinks he's real slick. Y'all excuse me, I think I'm, I don't know what's going on. This beautiful weather and me, it just, 
I need to catch up with the times. But the enemy thinks he's real slick in how he presents things. We're not careful. We'll find ourselves repeating. You know, you, again, you sing some of these songs from, you know, we talk about oldies and goodies. And, you know, you sing some of these songs that's modern that just don't, ain't no harm in it. I say again, I, to me, who are you giving the credit to when you repeat this? See, this is what I said before. You can, be, you can believe it or not. It's up to you. It's your choice. But to me, everything in this life is a heaven or hell issue. Everything. Because if the ultimate result means I'm going to end up in one place or the other, then that means that every decision I make is going to eventually lead me to one destination or the other. Right? That's what I believe. So I try to be very careful. My son asked me the question. He says, hey, so does that mean, you know, down to like what pencil I should use or or if I, you know, if I don't bring a pencil to school or if I, if I don't use a pencil to write the notes, that's what he said. If I don't take the notes that the teacher writes on the board, I said, well, I said, look at it this way. You choose not to take the notes on the board that the teacher's writing. That means you're missing information. You're missing information. The chances of you passing that test is slim to none. You don't pass that test, you get a bad grade. That bad grade reflects on your overall grade for the year if you even pass the class. You don't pass the class, you have the chance of being left back, right? You get left back, that means you have to repeat that grade, which means you're already behind your peers. I said, now, you as a child of God, you're supposed to be a witness, right? But if you're being negligent, what kind of testimony is that? I said, so just think about it that way. Yes, I'm not telling you got to sit there and kneel before the aisle of can- uh, green beans at the at the supermarket and say, Lord, lead me to which can. Should it be green giant or should it be, you know, Libby's or whatever? You know, you, I'm not telling you have to go to that extreme. But I've said this before. You never know what you're picking up. Y'all see all the science information that comes out about these weird bugs and stuff that they find discovering that already existed just been around for a long time we just we just became smarter talk about you know how stuff is just growing in foods and you know all this other stuff that exists you know so you never know what ends up in those cans that come on themselves i will never forget years ago when i was now i love cornbread right and my moms used to get jiffy Oh, when she bought them Jiffy boxes home, I said, yeah, some point in time, we're going to have some cornbread. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about that cornbread in a minute. But she would, she bought these two boxes. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and make this cornbread myself today. And I opened up the boxes, poured them in, poured, I'm getting ready to put the eggs in there, and I look in the bowl, I'm like, what is this? Bunch of little stuff crawling around. Man, that scarred me for a little while. I ain't lose my love for cornbread. I just lost my love for Jiffy for that moment. 
But you never know what you're getting. I met my wife. I found out what real cornbread was. Just saying. But, uh, <laughs> but you never know what you're getting. And so it can be, it can be that menial. You know, God can lead you to, you know, not, not just that. I mean, and I always bring up the supermarket. It's just something that everybody do. We shop, you know. I've heard stories about people that go shop and they go in to get something and God says, hey, go get this. That wasn't on my list, but God says, get this. Now I want you to go ahead and give it to your neighbor. I don't know what situation they're in. Lo and behold, oh, thank you so much. We needed some milk. We didn't know how we were going to. But if I'm connected with God, he'll direct me. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways, do what? In every way. If you want to pray to him and say, God, what can of green beans should I get? There's nothing wrong with that. He said, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he's going to do what? Direct your paths. I don't even know how I got on that because that was not part of my notes. But talking about what the mouth produces, the mouth is just an instrument that reflects what's already inside of us. Some of the darkest things that we forget about, and if I can get just a little bit real, those moments of bitterness that we just kind of, we knew it was wrong before while we was dealing with, but then years passed and we just kind of thank God for God about it. We think it's no longer there, just kind of dissipated on its own. But then years later, something comes out. Where did that come from? You remember that unrepented sin that you didn't repent for? It bothers me, just for me, y'all, just for me, it bothers me to think that I have the, there's a possibility that I could be destroyed for something that I didn't repent for 10 years ago. I can shout and do everything else. I could be up here teaching you and preaching, preaching fire. Folks are getting saved. All kinds of miraculous things are happening and still not make it. That bothers me. Because in the sight of God, it's still there. Remember we talked about the scent that you carry? If you were here, we talked about the scent. Carrying that scent. If you stink, God still smells you. He still smells that stinking odor. You might have gotten rid of it or think, you know, you gotten rid of it by spraying perfume and cologne and putting some deodorant on and think you're just moving on and it's no big deal now. It's just kind of. But for God, it still does not smell right. And he still requires us to change. He's so adamant. He says, if you bring your gift to the altar. And you remember or you somehow you, you know, God has a way of bringing things to our remembrance. Yeah, you might have forgot. But if you want to be right, here you are at the altar talking to me. 
But if you want to really connect with me, you got to go and fix this. You know your brother has all against you. Legitimate or illegitimate. Go reconcile yourself with your brother. At least make the attempt. Then come back and offer your gift. God is so awesome. Like he's he's so perfect. I mean, he is, you know. <laughs> There's no way to circumvent God. You can't bamboozle him. You can't pull the wool over his eyes. You can't deceive God. He sees everything. He knows everything. He remembers everything that needs to be remembered. And then he purposely forgets when we actually repent. Now that takes me to my next point. I'm going to go ahead and skip from the mouth here. Everybody understands the importance of the mouth, right? We kind of went over that. All right. But the helmet of salvation is pretty much the saving power of God that keeps things in perspective for us. Whether by what we see, what we listen to, the scent that we carry or the scents that are the smells that we breathe in, the toxins, whether by what we ingest or produce out of our mouth. The helmet of salvation is God's saving power, making sure that everything that we receive is filtered by his spirit. Prayer, or excuse me, before I get into prayer. Out of all of the armor, all of the components of the armor, there is one element that has been given to us as a means of defense. No, we were not given the helmet to, to bash people with. We were not given the belt to beat people with. Even though we use the rod, like the scripture tells us, for our children to deliver their souls from hell. But spiritually, we're not given the belt of truth to go and whip people with. We're not given the breastplate of righteousness to throw it at folks. Slap across the head. And we're certainly not given the boots of the gospel to stomp a hole in anybody's chest cavity. It's for our protection. But the one weapon we have is the sword of the spirit, which is what? If anything we should be speaking, it is the word of God. Now, I heard Brother Demuth, excuse me, Demuth, I have to get used to that. But he, in the previous Wednesday night, it was two Wednesday nights ago, he mentioned there's more to God's word than just what's recorded in the book. And as I always say, Anytime you get a spoken word from God, it should never contradict his written word. Right? Which is why the pastors, preachers, evangelists, people are pushing so hard. Those who really truly live this thing and believe this thing are pushing so hard to encourage others. Get into this thing. Receive this thing. And then go back and search it for yourself. 
Know the word for yourself. Uh, already? Oh, man. Ah. See, I set my alarm. I'm trying to keep myself on tabs here. Ah. All right. Yeah, I was going to. All right, we're just going to go ahead with it. Okay, somebody please let me know when I'm two minutes out. Please. I didn't set it this time. All right. The Word of God. The Word of God. I believe it's. uh, The Word of God, Hebrews 4 and 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. But I want you to understand that it's not referring to a natural sword. We as Christians, it is great to have the word of God. The word of God is true. You can't have the word of God without truth. You can't have the word of God without the gospel. You can't have either one of them without the other. And just a little point of trivia trivia excuse me you know the belts that they wore back in the day around their waist had what they call a sheath you put that sword when you store it you store it in the sheath on the belt the belt of truth got your sword of the spirit word of god all right okay everybody good right yeah just figure i'll throw that out there so they all connected. Okay. But this is not talking about a natural sword. If any of us as children of God is good that we have the word of God. But if we use this word to do damage to those who don't have. What did Jesus says? If they don't, those that don't have. More is going to be taken away even that they didn't. What is he saying when they were asking him, why are you talking to the people in parables? If I give it to them like I'm giving it to you, I'm going to lose them before I even have a chance to gain them. When I'm talking to folks that I meet on the outside, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm comfortable because I'm around around people who are like faith. We all trying to go the same direction. We all profess to be the same thing. We all want to grow. We all want to develop. So we want to know the truth. Thank God for the liberty in the house of God to be able to speak the truth. But on the outside, everybody doesn't have that mind. So I got to be careful. How I use the word of God. You might ask me about something that you feel is not a big deal. Well, if I'm going to if you're going to ask me about it, I'll take the time to show you what the scripture says. But not in a way where you feel like I'm just jabbing you with the word of God. All right. So in order to know how we're supposed to use the word of God, Paul says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, 
You want to be skilled in the word of God, you got to study the word of God. And when you study the word of God, you got to seek God for understanding, right? And all I getting, do what? Get an understanding, right? And you know what wisdom is? Wisdom is developing the skill on how to properly use what you've learned. The skill, now you asked me to repeat that. I don't even remember what I just said now. How to, how to properly use, Lord Jesus. It's on the tape, right? Okay. I can't even word it the way I just worded it. That was God. <laughs> That's in a nutshell. You have to go back and hear it on the tape to, to get it exactly how I said it. That's how it be for me sometimes. I be witnessing the folks and I speak something. I say, man, that was good. I wish I had a pen and paper to write that down because. So y'all know I'm not making this up, y'all. I'm just trying to speak whatever God given me. This ain't even on my notes. But learning the word of God prepares us. See, if we have the armor on, we, we're, we're in the presence of God. The sword of the spirit knows what it's addressing. It's addressing spiritual matters. That means the sword of the spirit knows who the enemy is. The sword was designed for the enemy. But the people that we come in contact are not our enemies. The word was not designed to kill our souls. Y'all see that? Jesus says, I came to give you life. The word of God produces life, not death. Spiritually in God, it produces life. That's what it was designed for. In combat, we understand. We know what weapon we're supposed to use for what purpose. If I got a mountain full of enemies, and they keep firing at me, I can run up there with that little measly M16 if I want to, trying to take them out. It's coming from all directions. I don't even know where it's coming from. But if I really want to take them out, I need to call in the big guys. Call in field artillery. All right, we'll add the Air Force in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I figured I didn't call the Air Force because they're in the mountains, so I didn't want. <laughs> and they elevated. I... Anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> the sword is designed for the enemy. The enemy of our souls is Satan. That's the enemy of our souls. But our personal enemy is ourselves. We'll talk about some of that stuff as we go through some of these other lessons coming up. But it's sharpening a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder. And Brother Demuth said this or mentioned the scripture a couple weeks ago. Of soul and spirit. You'll see that, right? And of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts mm, and the intents of the heart. 
word of God is powerful. With every level of power, every degree of power, there's nothing wrong with power. It's knowing how to use that power properly. Power is supposed to be beneficial. It's supposed to be productive. If we don't know how to use the power properly, it becomes counterproductive. I don't think anyone in here makes an effort to do anything in their house that takes away from the house. No one would, in their right mind, take a hammer and just start willfully bashing holes in the wall because they want new decorations. And just leave it there. No one will rip out the light fixtures and just say, yeah, that looks better. Everything you do in your home, every modification, your intent is to make it better, right? Well, it's the same thing spiritually. As we build the body of Christ, we build the church. Everything we do should be to enhance, to edify, to improve, to be productive. And that's what the word of God is there for. I don't care who you talk to when you're talking about the word of God. The intent is to bring about better results. Amen? All right, so I'm just going to leave that with that, with the word of God. There's so much you could talk about that. But next week, we'll go ahead. I was going to talk about prayer, but uh, we'll see how God leads us. I wanted to start on conquering fear. We may just do both next week. Try to tie it in somehow. Um, Appreciate your patience.